Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, and physical health, and any other sort of health that we care to mention. It st- first, it started with man, M-A-M, and then it went to men. This is a podcast to help us men to sort out our problems, our issues, why we don't talk, and what's happening in society. I have a special guest on for you today. Can you introduce yourself? Can I? Yeah, my name's John Simons. Um, I work as a mental health first aider. I'm a mental health coach um, for a large company up in the northwest of England. And on a day-to-day basis, I talk to people about their mental health and how they're doing. Right. So, whereabouts are you, John? I'm up in the, the northwest of England, so I'm based in a town called Witness. Halfway between Liverpool and Manchester. So the the the, the, rug, the, the rugby witness, Hawkingston Rovers, who's it was? Yeah, Wigan. We've got Wigan. We've got the triangle here, so we've got St Helens, Witness, Saint, yeah, Warrington. St Helens, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Warrington, so. yes, yeah, I remember, yeah, yes. A lot of rivalry. A yeah, lot of massive rivalry. rivalry yeah. yeah. So, um, what's it what's it like at the moment there in in, in witness? What's it what's it like up there and in, in, in terms of weather and uh, you know? It's grim. It is seriously grim. <laughs> so we've just seen the back of Storm Dennis, and uh, we're looking at uh, tons of tons of rain coming down, and it's blowing a gale. So the rain's going sideways, fairly similar to what you've got there, I should imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. No? No, no chance. Not, not. <laughs> no chance. We got the. We got the. Um, it's been cold a couple of nights for the, for me for the last two months. But in the in the daytime, gosh, tried to get my car today and I couldn't touch the steering wheel. It was so hot. So yeah. Oh gosh, I'm pleased. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um it's 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 building up. I mean it's it's at the moment the temperatures around not now but earlier in the day it was like around 24 and all that sort of stuff. So in the next few months I think we're going to be it's going to be. Um, the highest temperature I've had here is 50, since I've been here, maybe 52. Oh, yeah, so right. it's, it's, you know, so, yeah, it's, it, the sun comes out and, you know, I've, I, I've, I've lived, obviously, been in, been in England, I've, you know, I've heard the stories and I've, and I've been there and done it with the, like you said, grim and, and the grey. Yeah, so <laughs> I was, um, I got up this morning off, uh, set off to CrossFit this morning at about quarter past five this morning. And it was four degrees. Wow! So, uh, so that was nice and fresh. Yeah. <laughs> fresh. <laughs> I, I've heard that terminology so many times. I, I asked someone, "Oh, yeah, what's the weather like?" And they go, oh, yeah, it's, "It's fresh." And I go, "Oh, what does that mean? It's cold." <laughs> yeah, yeah so, freezing. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you know you, you and and what you do and, and and in terms of you know, like you say, your mental health advocate and and all just a bit about you and where you came from and how you got to this point in a sense of, of in, in your life okay yeah so um i started off um as most kids do really i guess quite directionless and um, not quite sure what i wanted to be when i grow up um i'm not so sure a i've grown up or b i still know what i want to do <laughs> i've kind of veered off down this path now so um I spent a lot of time in retail management, spent 15 years as a, as a store manager for a, a well-known pharmacy chain yeah. and um, reached a point in my life where I just thought, actually, there needs to be, for me, there needs to be more than this. So um, 
took, took the decision to, to, um, to take myself off and train in the area of mental health. I'd done a bit of work with Samaritans, so um, I'd worked as a listener for them um, for a couple of years as a volunteer. Um, and then wanted to, to do more than that, wanted to be able to, to more actively support people, I guess. Yeah. So uh, at the, the grand old age of 40, about 45, 46, yeah. Yeah. took myself off and decided I would get a degree and uh, got a degree in counselling and psychotherapy. Um, so I've been doing that for the past, uh, qualified now about three years, four years. Um, so And I've been doing that ever since. So managed to introduce um, a mental health initiative in my workplace, which is um, one of the town's larger employers. It's a contact centre. Yeah. Uh, so there's about 1,500 people in there. So um, and introduced a mental health initiative in there. Um, and then really it's just gone from strength to strength with that because um, that's that's been received really well um, and we've seen the benefits. You know, a lot of people are very vocal about how supportive they've felt uh, because the companies decided to adopt that initiative, so it, it's gone extremely well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's been a good, good couple of years to get that set up and up and running. Yeah. So, in terms of for people out there who don't know what um, psychotherapy, can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess depending on um, on what type of work it is you want to do, um, counselling or psychotherapy is the same same thing really at the end of the day um, counsellors for me tend to be more short term stuff and um, so you might have heard of cognitive behavioural therapy CBT yeah. that's really quite common yeah. um, uh, and so for me that's more of a counsellor thing bereavement counselling um, whereas the work I tend to do I, I tend to look more into people's pasts people's childhoods um, look at why they feel the way they feel about themselves um, and, and explore what impact that's had on them and whether it's still having any impact now and if that actually serves them any purpose or not yeah. and then really it's just about bringing stuff from the, from the subconscious to the conscious and then making some informed decisions on whether I'm going to carry on behaving like that yeah. Uh, so yeah I think it's, it wants people to understand uh, where it's come from uh, it's then easier to, to say right I'm going to either carry on because this serves me well in my life and it protects me in some cases um, or actually this doesn't serve me well anymore and, and so it's redundant and so I'm not going to I'm not going to do it yeah. uh, and people can benefit from that change and talking it through with somebody who's not a member of the family um, who doesn't have maybe an interest in in their behaviour staying the same or an interest in them changing that behaviour actually a, a non-biased party just prepared to sit and listen without judgement um, and then really just to just to guide them through what can be a tricky time uh, just have somebody you can trust uh, and talk openly with can be hugely beneficial it's not for everybody I get that um, but I think when people experience it and experience it done well then they, they find benefit in it yeah so this yeah I always say to you know some, you know, some say to the guests that to kind of kind of go going back a bit then at what point I mean have you you said you're a listener uh, you know and obviously that's it sounds you, you, you're a good listener and, and and obviously you've taken that on board into the into this into this role at what point you know was it when you were young a lot younger when you're a teenager what 
at what point did you did you feel that you were ever going to go into that field or was it uh, is it something that you just completed a different career path or do you think that you've always been a good listener from from a, from a young age I think one I don't know whether it, it's actually and this is going to sound strange I guess but I don't know whether it's all about listening with your ears I think it's about you know observing and yeah. take, taking the environment in and taking people's behaviour yeah. in and I guess that's something I've always been good at um, you know I've, I was I was the, the youngest um, I've got one older brother so um, but I was the one that just said like you know hang on a minute we're going to be in trouble for this, you know, or, yeah. or you know, my dad's going to kick off here, you know, this is, you've pushed him too far this time, um, you know, let's let's get out, <laughs> let's get out of here before yeah, yeah, it kicks yeah. off, and we both end up in trouble. Um, so I've always been always been quite good at reading people and understanding um, what motivates people, I think, and um, that worked well in in my career as well. It was it was useful as a leader. Um, to be able to see what motivates people, to see when people were happy and excelling at the work they were doing, or when they were maybe not so motivated. Um, but that was that was always for for gain, for want of a better word. You know, I I needed them to perform in that role. Oh yeah, um, I mean yeah. And it, and it was that bit really that I didn't that didn't sit well with yeah. me. I wanted to do it from a a, a motive-free standpoint. Yeah. So. For me, it wasn't about I need you to do this, so I'm going to manipulate you. It was like the, my standpoint now very much is I, I don't need you to do anything. You, you know, what I want for you is what you want for yourself, yeah. and so I'll, I'll I'll sit here and reflect back what I'm seeing and hearing, and then we can work together if you want on on what changes you make. So it was the move that using that that skill, if you set, if you like that skill set. Uh, of listening and being able to try and gauge where people were, what sort of mood they were in, and, and how they were feeling. Um, but actually moving it to more of a pure form of not 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 doing it for me. Don't make any change for me. It's, this is this is a change that if you want to make it, then we can facilitate that. Yeah. So did you when you when you, just then when you mentioned that about um, manipulating or ma- manipulative? Did you, uh, did, was it, did it come to a point where you felt, oh, you know, I don't really want to do this, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling guilty or I'm feeling yeah, like I don't need absolutely. to be doing this when I could be, yeah. when, because yeah, we never know what another human being is going through for them to do certain actions. So then for yeah. someone to be, then, you know, in, in, like, I don't know, we have people in society now that, are, you know, we, we call them narcissists or whatever. I'm not saying that's yeah. what it is. I'm saying, we're saying that, we never know what someone's going through so then for someone to be cruel or, or you know all these things it's it's almost like oh I've, I've got to take a back, back seat here and not do this thing and not say this thing to this person so in a sense of what you do you, you probably felt you know I don't really want to be doing this I need to I want to help yeah I think one of the for me it reached a point where um we were looking at, and I don't need to go into too much detail because yeah, yeah. bore people. But yeah. um, you know, we were—I was looking at, at managing um, somebody's performance, and and they they weren't doing what what we wanted them to do yeah. uh, from a business context. Yeah. And uh, that realization came that actually, you know, as you just said, that person's going through some stuff at the minute, and really, my priority isn't 
isn't to punish them for that. Um, what I want to do is support them. Yeah. And that wasn't that wasn't accepted. That wasn't good enough. Um, so I, I was I was really quite clear, and that was quite a, a catalyst point for me, really, because um, I'm stood there in, in my office talking to my boss, and, and I just said, "Well, that, that, that's not going to happen." So I won't be disciplining anybody, and in fact, if anybody's going to get disciplined, it's going to it's going to be you disciplining me because that's just not going to happen. Um, and and that was, like I say, that was quite a turning point for me, just to realise that, do you know what? There's, there's more than, than than beating these people trying to get them to do what we want them to do. Yeah. This is crazy, you know. There's more to life than this. Um, and in actual fact, the, the truth of the matter is that I now understand and I now see that if we look after people and, and work alongside people rather than try and come down on them, we can uh, we can actually get a lot more out of them. Yeah. You know, we, we can work together and, and everybody can have a good day in work rather than just the, the one person. Yeah. So, so that's you, very much my focus now. So do you feel like, because um, you said you've been in retail a long time, I don't know if this is what you what you've seen over the years because there's been a change particularly like say in the uk where there's been a change in there's 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 a lot more things to 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 buy and to consume and and business are, are kind of opening the doors 24 7 and you know you have the christmas yeah. period they're opening you know before it was like two weeks before christmas now it's you know you know it's how many months before and and you know people going and you know all these things. Do you think that because um, there's because there's more more buying or things being produced? Do you think businesses are putting more pressure on on people, you know, the workers to, to produce work to meet meet what you call it KPIs and all this sort of stuff? What yeah, what, yeah. what yeah, yeah. And, and that's leading to um, a lot of stress at work and, and mental health issues. Yeah, just your thoughts on that because you've been in that that for a long while. I think um, so. A couple of books that I've read recently that um, that have really made me stop and think, and I, I had an unease around um, the, the rampant consumerism that that you know I was taking part in as well. You know, you, a car would drive past and you think, oh, I'm not that's nice in my car. Well, now I want that car. Yeah. And then when you get that car, another one drives past and you think, oh, I'm not that one's nice in mine. Now I want that one. And actually, every time I've managed to, to do that um, and, you know, put those stupid hours in at work and not spend the time with family and all the work to all the pressure that you have to to get the money to, to make these purchases you don't feel any further forward once you've got them yeah. <laughs> so you, you spend all your time and money craving these things and then once you've got them the realisation dawns that actually I'm no further forward it doesn't do any more than the last one I bought and now I'm in, now I'm, I owe even more money you know or I've worked for nothing because I've just got the same that I've, I've ever had but I think it runs I think it runs very deep and it's very deep in our society at the minute um once you become conscious to it, all you see is is adverts for you know you you. There's a line in a in a, in a song: "You can't be a man because you don't smoke the same cigarettes as me." Right. I think it's a Roll Rolling Stones song. Yeah, yeah. But and and I guess it's quite sad, really, that that must be 
don't know, 40 to 50 years old. But here we are 40 to 50 years later and we're still doing the same stuff. We're still saying you can't be a man because you don't wear these shoes or you don't buy these jeans or you don't wear that shirt or you don't drive that car. or um, And the pressures that we put on ourselves uh, are just ridiculous because... Where you you know you, you can't work enough hours to pay for everything that the advertisers tell us that we need to have, and the reality is if you turn your back on that and say I don't need it, you know, um, that's probably some of the happier times of life. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know when when I when I haven't had any money, um, when I haven't wanted to to have a fortnight's holiday or a week's holiday or even a holiday anywhere, you know, at all. Yeah. Um, I don't. I will. We. We, I don't have a car at the minute, you know, if I've got a bike. Yeah. Um, I like my bike. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I like walking places because it gives me the chance to listen to books. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, I think if you can step outside of that consumerism, um, but there's, like say, the, the books that, that people might be interested in, The Sapiens um, by uh, Noah Harari and uh, Lost Connection by uh, Joanne Harry uh, Lost Connection is, is quite a revelation was quite a revelation for me to read um, talks a lot about lack of connection within society in yeah. the minute yeah. uh, and, and I, I would agree wholeheartedly you know it's um, again you know, I'm sat here now looking through the, the rain dribbling down the window and I'm looking out on the street and the reality is that most of the people that, that live opposite me and down the road from me I've no idea who they are I don't know what their names are um, you know I'll say hello to them in the street I'm not rude but um, if we went back to my you know to my childhood yeah. we, we knew we knew the names of those people yeah sense um, of community yeah yeah we'd, we'd say hello and in the streets I mean now certainly if I'd been here as a child I can guarantee we'd know the names of the people uh, opposite us but we've lost that and I don't think it's any coincidence that what we've seen is an increase in the in the rates of uh, of suicide and, and the like, certainly within men, um, and that directly correlates to the the lack of sense of community that we've got, I believe. So yeah. So so in your in your in your role, um, and you, you just mentioned there, suicide and and, and, and lack of communication and community. Because obviously the, the two words together, C-O-M, com and, and community. Um, do you feel that in a, in a, you know, in your work, do you feel that you, do you see more men um, and, and, and around your, you know, whether it's witness or, you know, in, in society, do you see, do you see as there's a lot more men with, um, now coming to the fore with mental health problems and, and you know, and, uh, you know, we've got, you had the thing the other day with, the, with, with women. Do, do you think a lot of it is men now because we don't speak and, and things like that? How do you see it? I think there, there's definitely a, a communication issue with, with men, a lack of communication for men. But I do think it's, um, it is just as prevalent, um, the, the thoughts of suicide, um, yeah. suicide ideation are just as prevalent um, across male and female. Yeah. I think where we, um, where men are struggling particularly, is that um, that environment in which they can express it freely without causing discomfort to somebody else. And I think from what I've seen, and I'm, I'm going to go up on slumps in slightly, um, yeah. 
slightly out there at the minute, but my current thinking around this is that um, we need to we need to accept that uh, the statistics that we currently have are twenty percent of the population mm. at some point contemplate suicide yeah. as a thought. So that's one in five people, twenty percent of the population. That's a huge number. Yeah. But I think where we where we're missing a trick for me is that um, I think we want to stop that. We have a desire to stop that. And, and for me, we're not ready for that yet. That's we're, we're nowhere near being able to facilitate that. And I think once somebody talks about it and says, look, I'm thinking of ending my own life, the person listening feels they have a responsibility to stop them thinking like that, yeah. which they can't do. That, that's not going to happen um, and in my role I see that a lot I see that all the time um, and I see it escalate so I can see people engage with the paramedic at, at the first stage once that expression has come out and the paramedic runs through a set of questions um, and the person says quite clearly yeah you know yeah I am thinking of I am having those thoughts of, of ending my own life and uh, so then they end up with a crisis team in hospital and they sit opposite somebody who's qualified as a, as a psychiatrist or, and has done many years of training and they say, yeah, I'm thinking of ending my own life. And the response that comes from the, the psychiatrist, that comes from the paramedic, that comes from the initial person that was there when the, when the first when they first put up the courage to express that, nothing changes because we can't change that thought process. Yeah. What we can do is provide somebody with options and for me, that's the key. Um, while we hinge what we see as a success or failure on somebody, on changing that mindset for somebody, we will always fail. Uh, changing that person's mindset isn't going to come through through talking. That's going to come through action and showing them that there is support out there, um, and there is somebody that's prepared to go on that journey alongside them and and be there for them when they need that person. It's not going to happen in one conversation in one room or one office somewhere. So for me, that expression is just the start of the journey. Yeah. Uh, and we need to be prepared to say that, you know, that's just the start of the journey. And, and that's OK. That, that's fine. Um, not be shocked at it. Understand that that's how people are feeling and be comfortable with that. And say, OK, but it's just a thought. You don't need to do anything with that. It's just a thought. And it's OK to have that thought. And I'm not going to try and take that thought away from you. I'm going to walk along this journey with you so that you f- you realise that you do have options and you don't actually need to take any action. That's fine. Yeah. So 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 when when you're in your role, then do you 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 kind of like you say the first initial chat? Do you you have do you have clients come to you? Do you people have people come to you? Do you go out to them? How does it work with, within your role? So my role, I'm actually I'm actually based in uh, in the contact centre, yeah. uh, and we've got two sites. There's one up here and one down in Stafford. Yeah. And if, if somebody is is at crisis point, is feeling like they, they just they can't go on anymore, they need to sit down and talk to somebody, then they come and talk to one of the mental health um, first aiders that we have out there. Yeah. Um, and then, and then if it escalates to the point where that person's uncomfortable, then more often than not, I'll get called in and say, can you just come and 
come and sit and have a talk with this person. Or people will just come up to me and say, have you got five minutes? Um, so we go off and have a chat. And then for me, it's about being brave enough to ask that question. Um, so quite often people will talk about having dark thoughts or feeling down or just not want to be here. Um, and then people will either deliberately or, or inadvertently misinterpret that and go, you know, oh, well, things will get better. Um, but actually, if you've, if you've had the mental health first aid training, then it's really clear that the best thing for you to do is just ask that question. So when you say you're having dark thoughts, when you say you don't want to be here, I just need to know off you now, are you telling me you're thinking of ending your own life? Is that what we're talking about? And the, the relief that comes across somebody's face when they say, actually, yeah, yeah that is, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. And, it, and it's that comfort, it's that expression of comfort and willingness to still sit there in the room with that person and go, okay, well, that's okay. That's the start of the conversation. So now you and I can talk. We both know what we're talking about. I know where you are, you know where I am, and you know where I'm going to be. So let, let's talk. How have you got to this? And, and for me, it really is that straightforward. And, and that is not a skill set that I possess. Yeah. That's just the ability to ask a question and then sit there. And, and yet yeah, can be uncomfortable. But there's a lot of things in life that are uncomfortable, aren't they? Yeah. But few, few will mean that you can you can be there and support somebody on the level that just asking that question does. So. Yeah. And um, so, have you? How long? How long have you been in that role then? Is it how long? Um, coming up to about three years now. Yeah. So I think the reason why I'm asking that as well is it's almost like to say, do you, have you seen more as as word as has obviously the words get out there. Have you seen an increase in, in the, the amount of people coming and, and you know and, and having this thought process and, and 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 what do you think is triggered that or triggering that in society? I think I've I've not seen a specific increase. I'll be honest. It's it's been a good steady flow. Yeah. Um, and again, but an awareness and understanding that, as I say, we're looking at twenty percent of the population. So. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't people come and engage and have that conversation with me? Yeah. The only reason that they're not coming and saying it to me is because I'm not there all the time or I don't ask the question all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've misread the signs and, and I haven't asked the question. Um, or they haven't, they haven't put up the courage yet to come and talk. Or I haven't spotted that they need somebody like me to go along and ask that question rather than expect them to reach out. Yeah. Um, so volume-wise, no, I've not seen a particular increase. It's always been fairly steady state. Yeah. Um, I am sorry, Andy, what was the other part of that question? Yeah, it was more It was more kind of, have you seen an increase? And and do you do you feel that what is, what if, the, if you have seen an increase or whether you haven't, what is causing, what is causing that in, in society? What is, we're talking more in a sense of, we're talking about mental health now, more and it's more in the it's more in the press it's more out there um, do you what why what what is what is making this happen and what is making mental health becoming more of an issue or problem in in society itself i think the um one of the the things that i've definitely seen is that we're seeing the um younger generation that's coming through yeah 
have had um, a lot more openness at school um, and a lot more education around uh, mental health. And I think um, I think they have much greater emotional literacy than um, people of my generation have, have had. Yeah, so I'm now 50, so I'm 53 this year. So I'm you know one of the older generation, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the, and the youngsters that are coming through 16 to 20 year olds that I'm seeing in the workplace um, are very happy to sit down and tell me that you know I'm, I'm of low mood, I'm feeling a little bit depressed, I'm feeling anxious. Um, and it, it's for, for me and my generation to be open to that and be prepared to have the conversations with them that they need to have. Yeah. Um, but I do I do think, and, and if you'll bear with me on this, I think, I think social media has a, a lot to, to answer for. Um, but I think it, it's not so much, and, and I do appreciate all the stuff that goes on on there, you know, the, the bullying that we've seen and recently with... Um, Caroline Flack, etc., and the and the, the bullying that was taking place there, and uh, all of the stuff around Love Island that, that's gone on that we've seen. Um, so I'm not I'm not in denial. Yeah, I know that takes place, and I get that. Um, but I think we've actually developed this sense of this false sense of connection and community through social media, Definitely. and we we believe we're connected, and actually I think it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, we're, right. we're so so disconnected um, and the number of people who um, and I'm going to say this you know, the number of adults who are you know intelligent people mature intelligent people who are quite capable of, of logical and rational and sensible thought who actually believe you know what they see on social media is how somebody's life is yeah um when they know full well that they engage in, in editing their own life. You know, no, nobody goes onto Facebook and says, you know, we've just come away on holiday and quite frankly, I'm never doing it again because the kids have done nothing but bloody winch. You know, nobody ever puts that post on Facebook, do they? No. They always put the picture of the kids having fun at the pool and army oh, little darlings. No, they're not. They're a pain in the bum. If you've, if, you've, if you've had kids that have been little darlings, well, I'm amazed. You know, because ninety percent of the time, kids are a pain in the bum, aren't they? We all know that that's that's their job, that's what they're there to do. <laughs> so nobody ever posts that. So even people, you know, rational, sane people, uh, buy into this and believe that they have to compete with the perfect lives, the edited perfect lives that they're seeing on social media, and that that's a competition you you're never going to win. Um, and so I think it puts people under an incredible amount of pressure to deliver something that's just undeliverable. Yeah, unattainable. Uh, yeah, it's just not realistic. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, but again, I, I think it just encourages lack of connection and it's almost... I, I, there was an advert um, came on the TV last night and, and I, I tend to get outraged at these things, which makes my wife laugh her head off at me. But... Yeah. Um, the guy come on and said, do you suffer from house embarrassment or something like that? Right. And I'm thinking, are you messing me? You know, what? are people not buying enough wallpaper? Are people not painting the, the houses often enough for you? Now we've coined a phrase so that you have to be embarrassed about your own house. Yeah. It, 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 it's just the marketing behind it. Um, 
it's just incredible that we all buy into it. And until we stop doing that, um, I, I don't see an improvement, if I'm honest. I don't see how. And I think you're right about the, the you know, you know, I think, you know, I've kind of mentioned this quite often enough now about um, social media and, and the, 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 the edited lives and, and what pe- young people are seeing and, and like say even adults are seeing and they're even putting their edited lives on there and making it look like this it's a yeah. one, you know they're having a wonderful time or you know I remember I saw this thing not long ago on Instagram where um, no I didn't you know I think I've read it in an article but then um, what what the guy was saying was he was it was about Instagram and he said that he was looking at his picture and he was looking at his picture and looking at how the picture looked brilliant and it was at a party and blah 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 and it, the party and he thought he thought oh the party looks great but then he saw something in the picture and he thought wait a minute I was at that party but the, it didn't look like that <laughs> yeah and he and he and he clicked and he thought and he started to realize that what people put on there is obviously the, the bright side of things and 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 how this yeah, may look yeah. and edited and even the photos are edited and you know yeah. someone does a smile someone does a smile and you know you know and it's like a fake smile but you know there's maybe a sadness behind it or yeah. they were smiling and, yeah. and you know they weren't what was it doing on that day but they weren't, probably wasn't doing that thing on that day or it could be keeping up the Joneses um, I've got this amount of gold or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, and so young yeah. people are seeing that, and and yeah. even older people are seeing that, and they want they're trying to attain something or trying to live that, which, like you say, is not uh, you know it's not the truth, and like I say, social yeah. media is playing a massive part in in destroying, um, you know, people's lives and also you know encouraging the, this thing mental mental health and mental mental illness. Yeah. The other, the other significant thing that, um, and, and this has come to the fore just in a, in a couple of interactions I've had very recently, yeah. um, which I always knew was, you know, was possible to be an issue, but it's becoming more apparent, more apparent with um, sixteen to eighteen year olds is, is the lack of, of meaning. There's a lack of sense of purpose. Um, and I think that has always been there. So if I go back again to my generation, it was, what, what's the point in going to, to school or working hard because yeah. unemployment was so rife that you, know, you weren't going to get a job anyway. So so what's the point in going to school? Um, and I'm talking about the era when they were closing pits down and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. it, was, you know, it, was, it was tough times. And um, But I, I think my surprise was that um, I'm seeing this start to emerge again uh, with, with, like I say, 16 to 18 year olds who are uh, struggling to see that there is, there is actually any point uh, in what they do, you know, because um, they, they now they don't have the connection that we used to have with, um, I say gangs, I don't mean gangs, I mean, you know, groups of friends, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they trying to think of another word for it but not ga- I don't mean gangs as in you know yeah, what we yeah, see now mean, yeah no I mean a gang yeah, a group of people there was people. just a, a group of mates that yeah. always you know, looked out for each other and had each other's back and um, they, they don't seem to be able to put themselves now in a situation where they can generate that yeah. so they don't have the direct support 
um, you know, face to face or just hanging around and, and, and talking. Um, it's all now done on, on social media or by messages and, and the like, um, which creates that distance um, and lack of ability to interact with another human, um, in, you know, in a face to face environment. Um, but there's no fostering of um, a sense of future, a sense of hope, um, and a sense of, of a cause or a meaning. Um, you know, I can go out and do good in the world, or or, or any any sense of purpose behind what they're doing. And I think that's that's really detrimental to, to, to mental health as well. Without having that sense of direction, people struggle, yeah. uh, and they struggle on a you know on a day in day out basis. Uh, because what's the point in getting out of bed? And why is today going to be any different to yesterday? Yeah. So, and you're right about, and I'm going back to that. So, going back to that social media thing as well is one thing we didn't mention is that the the, the, the what you're saying there as well is, like I say, not getting out of bed, and they're able to get on the phone and then notice that they've got a hundred followers, and those followers aren't real people. Like I said, no. lack of communities, but they actually believe that these people. Who are their followers are actually looking at them or looking at or actually following them and they're they're their mates or friends yeah yeah and that's what's causing a lot of the breakdown inside because i haven't yeah. got any friends outside or i can just pick up my phone and i've got friends on my phone and they're my followers yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again you know my, my daughter will say i've got well you know i've got 118 friends where because I don't see it. Yeah. If I had 118 friends, the front yard would be full. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, a, yeah, there'd yeah. be a load of bikes, be a load of bikes and scooters and footballs out there <laughs> and shoes and trainers and you know, it'd be a mess because if my mates turned up, that's what happened. Um, but nowadays, you know, yeah, you might have 118 friends, but you, you don't actually see any of them. You might get two messages off them, and that, and that, there's, there's no comprehension that 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 isn't a friend. Yeah. Because a friend is somebody you can go and have a talk with, you know, somebody you can go and talk to, somebody you can share your, your struggles with. Yeah. And God, God forbid the kids these days shared a struggle. There's, there's no way they'd share that they were struggling with anything because that's to admit weakness. And that will just get picked up. Yeah. So, um, so you know, they, they won't do that and certainly won't do it on the social media network because it's there for, for the world to see. Yeah. I think I think you're doing a you know you know your change of you know you just change your career and you know how how you managed to get get to that point and you, you know you spoke about that and the awareness of humans and and being a human I think that's what it is that's what I I come across from you with you know that change of you know the, 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 that being in that job and then seeing a human a human being and uh, you know I, you know I take my hat off to you because you, you you're able to to see that and, and, and kind of thing and now you're doing you know you're doing a hell of a job to 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 to, to kind of help people and help society. Um, you know, like you say, to talk about to be sitting with someone and, and you know, they're talking about suicide and, and the thoughts and stuff like that. And you're there to listen but also ask the question. And you know, you know, it's it's I think you're doing a brilliant job. Um, this, Andy, this this does not take skill. This doesn't take any years of training. It doesn't yeah. take any. You don't need any epiphany. You don't need to go to church or or anything to yeah. be able to do this. 
and, and it's one of the things I say when, when I'm doing my training straight away. The only difference between you sat down there in front of me and me stood up here telling you all this stuff about mental health is the fact that I care. Yeah. And, and it is as simple as that. I am not going to walk past somebody who is suffering because I would hope that somebody wouldn't walk past me if I was suffering. And then that is the reason. And if you have that at your core, and if you have that as your motivation, yeah. then you can do absolutely everything I can do. You don't need to go on any training courses. You don't need to do anything fancy. You don't need any fancy certificates or any of that rubbish. Yeah. You just need to be able to sit down opposite somebody, stare them in the eye and say, I've got you. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to anybody listening to this, you know, listening to this um listen to this episode listen to you talking and, and what would you you know who maybe like you that like you say who's you, you you get people coming to you but now you've got people listening what would you say to people out there that may be going through these thoughts or um, you know what would you say to people out there I think the thing at the moment that really that really bothers me is that I, I love the fact that we're talking about it I love the fact that it's on social media the bit that um, I'm not so comfortable with is that all we ever seem to do is ask people to reach out and trust me if these people could reach out if they were, had the energy if they had the drive if yeah, they had yeah. the willpower to reach out they'd reach out yeah. so I tell you what let's stop asking people to reach out and start accepting that we as human beings need to reach in yeah yeah good good point definitely so if you if you if you see somebody and you think there is not there's something not right about that person they are not themselves today if that person normally puts a tie on and they haven't put a tie on if that person normally puts a shirt on and they haven't put a shirt on they put a t-shirt on if they've not cleaned their shoes if they've put trainers on you you know if there's a change you are not stupid and it takes no training and no skill whatsoever you will know if you look at that person and think there is something going down for them at the minute they're not feeling good well then just go and say how you doing fella are you okay it, it is that it's that simple put yourself out there I tell you what I've never had a hostile reaction to that question yeah. never had a hostile reaction to that question all you have to do is say are you okay somebody says what's it to you just tell them the truth I care yeah it's that simple yeah it's about being a human and, and like you say reaching in and um, don't walk past yeah. just don't walk past yeah. so John, where where can you know people, um, in a sense, get hold of you and and you know you know your you know your title, um, suicidal ideation and you know mental yep. health advocate. What where can people get hold of you? So if anybody wants to talk to me, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. And, and as much as we slag social media off, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just about to say social media. Yeah, yeah. So the best one really for me is on um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn either as, as uh, John Simons, which is J-O-N-S-I-M-O-N-S, yeah. or First to Mind, which is the, the figure one, uh, S-T, so first dot to mind. Um, and that should find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram as uh, John at First to Mind as well. Yeah, yeah. And and, and just then, and this is a you know a footnote there where you said that we've 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 kind of you know you know really kind of laid into social media. Mm. Social media has changed. Has 
the landscape has changed. What it was, what it was set out for, in a sense, has kind of it's changed. And, and you know, when we when we when we say these things, it was actually set up. You know, it's it, it's there. To, it was there to help people and, and kind of get connections and you know, of maybe businesses or just to see people. You know, but then, like you say, a lot of it has changed, and a lot of it there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of I'll say bad in it in a sense um, yes people can get hold of people like on platforms like LinkedIn that, but for some of for some of the platforms there are there, there is still that thing where there's a lot of um, um, false ideology and and, and and fake pictures so yeah yeah social media media blah 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 was was was, was supposed to be used for a certain way but obviously it, the landscape has changed and I suppose that's what what we've we've talked about today yeah, unfortunately, it hasn't. I think um, I think the, the sad fact is that it's now being used as, as, as cheap thrills or, or quick wins or, or little short hits. So we all know that when we check our phone uh, fifteen times and, and one of those little numbers appears that says, "Yeah, you've got a next message or uh, you've got two messages or whatever it may be," yeah. uh, we jump on it and then you know you get that little flutter that goes, "Oh yeah, somebody's." somebody's seen this or somebody's read that or somebody's yeah. liked this or somebody's seen my picture and um, that's that's what we're addicted to we're addicted to that little little quick hit that little quick win yeah um, and, and it's tough it's tough to fight that um, yeah. and, and I get it you know And but I think as a as a society we need to to get behind that and say right we, we're going to find an alternative to this yeah. um because as it stands at the minute, it's really, really addictive. It's, it's hurting our young, you know, it's, it's, it's hurting the kids. Yeah, and also, like you say, there's, 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 there's the other side to that where, when you said the quick hit, and that comes from things like, you know, we, we know that a quick hit comes from, the terminology comes from drugs, um, alcohol, yeah. or uh, even coffee yeah. or whatever, these, these things, yeah. caffeine. Um, but then there's the other side, is the downer is when, when you've had that quick hit, but then there might be days where they don't have a follower, they don't have someone yeah. um, um, putting a heart sign next to their, their picture or whatever. And so yeah. then that's when you have the downside and, and nobody, you know, the thought of nobody loving me or no one no one likes me or whatever. So yeah, yeah. definitely you're perfectly right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, thanks for coming on. And, you know, you know, I think you're doing a, you know, not think I know, you're doing a, you know, you're doing a brilliant job um, and you know, I hope people out there listening and, and can can get hold of you and and, and, and the organisation. Um, you know, I, I, I really like to thank you for coming on. No, more than more than happy to do anything I could do to, to further the agenda is is exactly what I want to do at the minute. And um, for me, it's just about living in, in service for, for for mental health and just trying to support as many people as I can as quickly as I can. Yeah. So yeah. So thank thank you. All the, up north, all the way up there and up north in, in the cold. <laughs> the rain's still dripping down the road. So. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot anyway. Thanks for coming on. All right, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Right, all that, right. Take care. that was Men Are Nuts and see you next time.